I never tell this story and and uh, people are going to get some breaking news here, I guess. It is the week of Christmas and welcome to episode 56 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that explores the disagreements between the political left and right on issues of national security and foreign policy. Today, NSI Senior Fellow Lester Munson will be doing a deep dive with Megan Jaffer, co-founder of The Amazing Women of the IC and host of the Iron Butterfly podcast, which just wrapped up its first season. Megan, congratulations on the successful completion of the first season of Iron Butterfly. Thanks, Les. I am excited to be here with you. So stepping back, can you tell us about AWIC and what brought you into the intelligence community? Sure. So I guess, you know, there's it's two separate stories. What brought me into the IC um, really was uh, I... I never tell this story and and uh, people are going to get some breaking news here, I guess. But <laughs> I was in Taekwondo for a very long time. I was a competition fighter from the age of uh, 10 until I was 22. And um, and when I was in Taekwondo, I was lucky enough to be introduced in my school. I was introduced to a Secret Service agent and an FBI agent who was also taking lessons where I was training. And I think that's what got me interested and in where, where I first learned about the IC. Um, the intelligence community and national security was not something that anyone in my high school talked about. I, I don't think I even knew what the word national security was uh, until I met these folks. Um, but that's what really kind of sparked my interest. Um, and when I went to school, I knew I wanted to focus on an area. So I wanted to be like an area expert and thought that I would uh, eventually be, you know, an analyst in the IC focusing on a specific area. And I, um, I majored in international relations and got my master's degree in Korean studies, thinking I'd come back and work for the CIA or something like that. Um, you know, a lot of turns, uh, twists and turns and forks in the road, um, but uh, brought me to, you know, basically brought me to D.C. And um, I had not I was applying to jobs in the I.C. when I got here and uh, and I needed to pay the bill. So I was working in nonprofit management while applying to all the, all of the IC agencies and government contractors. And I was volunteering with the organization called INSA, the Intelligence National Security Alliance. And um, I would volunteer with them just so I could be in the space and meet the folks and learn as much as I could. And uh, through that is how AWIC was born, basically. So uh, I think Many of your listeners might know someone by the name of uh, Secretary Ellen McCarthy, Assistant Secretary Ellen McCarthy. So she is, um, she was at, a, what, what was it? She was at a conference with another woman, Karen Diener, and they were talking about how they're always, you know, they're very senior women in the IC, and they were talking about how they were always mentored they always mentor down to, to women and men uh, coming up through the IC, but wouldn't it be cool if they got a bunch of women together um, that were more junior and do a reverse mentoring group? So they did, they got 20 junior women together and 20 senior women together at Ellen McCarthy's house. And by, by just pure luck, I was one of those women that was invited that day. We sat around 
um, this was six years ago, we sat around her uh, living room and we were talking about, you know, we are all a part of different membership organizations, different IC, professional development organizations and women's organizations. But what were we not getting from them that we could create ourselves? And I always love to give the example of my husband who's been in the IC for 20 plus years and he's never really had to apply to a job. He's always been brought along. And whether that was by an old boss or a friend or a colleague, what have you, mentor, we wanted to create that for women. And women weren't really doing that for each other in the IC. Um, and we wanted to create a group where we were, we knew each other, not just as colleagues and professionals, but as women. And so um, we started out and we were like, okay, well, how do we do this? And we, we started out by doing a monthly happy hour just to get to know everyone. And we did it at the same place, same time. We grew our base um, and we got it to a certain, you know, number where we kind of pulled them and we asked them, okay, you know, this is all about you. What do you want from this group? What do you want to, what do you, what kind of topics do you want to cover? Who do you want to hear from? What formats do you want to hear, hear this in? And because we were self-organized, self-funded, we were grassroots, we could cover anything we wanted to. And so it was born. Um, six years later, we're a thousand members. Um, we have quarterly events with fantastic speakers. Um, we have very, you know, entry level junior women all the way to the most senior women like Tish Long, like Sue Gordon, Ellen McCarthy, Carmen Medina. And uh, here we are. You know, my mom uh, was a feminist back in the 60s and 70s, well, up until uh the day she died, she was a feminist. Uh, and she used to call it the old girl network. And she very yeah. much tried to start one and keep it going. And then whenever she found one, uh, she was enthusiastic about it. And we, I think some people don't like when we classify ourselves as that, but I, I look at ourselves as that we're the good old girls network. Um, you know, we're just trying to promote mentor coach each other, um, throughout our careers. And, and we've stayed true to that mission thus far. It's fantastic. Uh, so what made you and your team interested in starting Iron Butterfly in the first place? So, oh man. Um, so we were, AWIC, you know, did in-person events, obviously up until, um, up until COVID and we had to, you know, put a break to everything and really step back and say, okay, so what are we doing now? How are we going to do this? Um, and one of the events that AWIC used to do for fun, it wasn't really uh, an event that was, um, you know, it was just like a fun social event was our Ask Me Anything series. And we would get generally a senior woman in the community, but just sometimes an interesting person. They could be mid-career or junior, but just had a really interesting life or an interesting story to tell. And we would get together at a hotel bar or somewhere intimate, and we'd have a small group and we could talk about anything. Nothing was off the table. It could be professional. It could be personal, what, what, whatever. And uh, we started doing these virtual, po you know, after COVID um, because that was one of the things we could do. So we would have these ask me anything every two weeks and they were fantastic um, every everybody, we had bigger turnouts to those than we had at some of our events. So we knew we had something there. Um, and then one of my team members um, who was 
going to actually take over AWIC, the running of AWIC, because I had done it for five and a half years and we were passing it off. Um, our committee, which is run by 10 women, was passing it off to kind of the, the new young generation of women leaders. She had come to me and said, um, you know, I have this idea. Uh, I would love to do, I would love to take the Ask Me Anything series and turn it into a podcast. And I was like, great, I'll help you. I know some folks at NSI that have one and I'd love to introduce you. They can mentor you through it and you should go do it. You have a great team. And so she did. Um, I can't mention her name because of the work she does, um, but her code name is Wise Wisteria. Um, and so she did, she went to NSI and she said, Hey, I need some help. You know, what do you think about this idea? Could you help me out? And then about a month and a half later, she comes back. She's like, Megan, great news. We're going to, you know, AWIC's going to do this podcast and you're going to be the host. And I, I started laughing and I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> she goes, yes, you are. She goes, I can't do it because of the work that I do but you have to, and I'll help and I'll, you know, I'll be in the, in the background, you know, helping with everything, but you have to do it. And so she talked me into it and uh, here we are. So you decided not to focus on policy or even uh, to tie the podcast to the issues of the day. Is this, is this um, ask me anything series, the reason for that? Yeah, we, you know, for us, it's really about telling the stories of these women. Um, and that's what we felt was really resonating with with at least the AWIC members. But but when we thought about the podcast, I think it resonates with anyone. Doesn't matter if it's a male or a woman AWIC member or not. Um, we just want to hear, you know, what's your story? Just like you asked me, how did you get into the IC? What, you know, what was your spark? What was your journey like? And especially for people coming into the IC, you know, it's hard. It's not easy. And uh, you have to go through a lot of uh, hurdles to, to get in. And um, I think people like to hear um, what, the, you know, other story, you know, other people's stories of their journey are. And they're so different and they're so amazing. And each one is you know, you think you've heard the most amazing story until you hear the next one. And you're like, holy cow, all of these amazing people and all these amazing stories and everything that they've gone through personally and professionally to get where they are. Um, and so we just felt that, you know, there's enough, there's enough um, podcasts out there that deal with policy and, and we were not, and we're, I, we're the IC, right? We're not supposed to really be talking about one side or the other. We're supposed to be, you know, middle of the road. What's the story behind the name Iron Butterfly? That is a great question. So um, the first woman chief of station at CIA was Eloise Page. And Eloise Page was given the name, uh, code name Iron Butterfly, because she was um, by her peers, um, men male peers because she was they thought she was a fierce fighter with a core of steel and we thought what a great way to honor her and um and honor our our guests um than having you know the podcast in her namesake so some of your guests are still working in the intelligence community 
you talked about how some of them you can't use their real name. How mm-hmm. how has this posed challenges for you producing the podcast? Um, you know, it's not it it it, it surprised me the ways in which uh it the challenges have come up and the challenges I thought would be there are not. So the ta- challenges I thought would occur would be that they would be very uh, close hold to what they're talking about and they wouldn't share that much or they wouldn't be as candid or open. And that is definitely not the case. Um, the real challenges we focus uh, that we've had are really um, logistical, uh, especially folks that are still at specific agencies, you know, we use certain platforms to record and they can't use those platforms or, you know, some of these women are super senior with crazy schedules. So trying to fit in, you know, time to have a pre-call and then an hour to tape with them. Um, you know, those are the real challenges, but, you know, getting them to tell their story has been surprisingly, uh, I don't want to say easy, but, um, you know, People like to to share about themselves. So it's been nice. So your first season, which just concluded, you had 15 episodes. We heard stories from women working on everything from criminal investigations to the 9-11 attacks, other things. Did you see any themes that applied kind of across all of those different conversations? Yeah. So, you know, I would say that... um, Mentorship A is number one. I think all of them have said, um, you know, it wasn't just about who had mentored them, male or female. Um, Every single person, I think, uh, named some of their mentors and and named someone that was special to them in their journey. But um, a lot of them talked about how they've been mentored up, um, that there are some, you know, early career women or men that come in and teach them things that they didn't know. And I think that was, that's really amazing, especially when you tie it to AWIC, because that's what we're all about. So mentoring was a theme. I think leadership um, and the different ways in which you can lead. um, You know, we had a lot of, we have a lot of women in the IC who are natural born leaders um, and have an A-type personality. And I think We also wanted to have a few women that were self-proclaimed introverts and became leaders in the IC. And we, you know, we thought it was important to have that voice. Like, how was that journey for you? And how, how can you become a leader if you, you know, because, you know, a lot of uh, people in the IC, um, just by the nature of the business are more introverted. And so um, hearing from other leaders who were self proclaimed introverts and rose to the ranks, I thought was important. Um, you know, we, t- we touched on uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion. I think that was really important um, in qu- uh, quite a few episodes. Um, so I think those are about, those are three themes that really you could, you could pull from with all, in all of the episodes. So Iron Butterfly broke some news uh, by featuring the story of someone you called Marjorie Conway. Can you tell us a little bit more about her story and how you were able to get her to tell it? Wow. So we were just lucky (laughs) to get her. Um, So we were given her name 
by uh, a, C a senior AWIC member, committee member, um, and uh, someone that was interviewed on Iron Butterfly as well. And she had said, I have this person that is amazing and she has a, a really awesome story to tell and I think she'll tell it to you. But you, you got to ask her and you just got to meet with her. And so my team and I did, we sat down with her and, um, you know, obviously we always introduce ourselves and what we're doing and why we're doing it. Um, and, you know, she was, she's, she was, a she is a career CIA um, person. She is still there. And, um, she was just ready to tell her story. Um, she had, you know, this had happened 20 years ago plus, and, um, she, she was, it was far enough removed from the time that it actually happened. Um, so for those of you who don't know the story, she, um, was a CIA operations officer in the eighties and nineties. And she sued, she was the first person to sue um, the CIA uh, because for basically gender discrimination, because she felt that she wasn't being promoted um, uh, in the proper manner. And um, she won her lawsuit and others, um, others joined her lawsuit. And it was just, um, you know, it was amazing in so many ways. Um, she still really believes in the mission and she believes in CIA and it didn't taint her at all. Even the difficulties she went through, I thought, you know, how could she still, you know, if she, if she had all, you know, that difficulty early on, how, how do you stay in the workplace? Um, and she still loves the place she works at. She's in a different position now um, by choice. And uh, she loves the CIA. She loves what she does. And she just wanted to tell her story. She wanted it, it finally not to be something um, that was secretive. It was something that she wanted to share. Were there any moments in the first season that have stuck with you after you, you wrapped up the interview, after you wrapped up the show? Yes, uh, there have been quite a few Um I'm, I would say there, there's probably been one in each, in each episode. Um, I think the more, most pointed was, um, Maria Whitcup. She was a, a career FBI agent and, um, she told us the story about what it's like being a, a female FBI agent. And she's in the process of writing a book um, about her journey and her life and being an FBI agent. And she read us, uh, a chapter of, you know, one of the chapters that she has written. Uh, and it was, it was about, you know, one of the cases that she was on and she told us as much information as she could without, you know, going uh, over the line. And it was so shocking and, and so, um, it was just, it was emotional. It was shocking. It was, um, it was just in your face. And, um, I think the lessons she learned from that, I'm not going to give it away because I want people to listen to that episode. Um, it just, it, it kind of shakes you. It kind of shakes you to the core. And so that was something that really just, I'll never, ever forget.
Um, you know, a lot of a lot of of our guests um, got very personal about. You know, it was interesting as we ask at each episode for them to give us. Um, you know, if they had a code name like Eloise Page, what would it be and why? And and uh, it's turned out to be really great because they it's the hardest question we ask. That's what they tell us because they really have to think about it. It's not just their story. And it has to um, it has to signify who they are. But a lot of them, you know, kind of get emotional about it. And um, and I hope I think I can share the story. Um one of the one of the women is Lieutenant General Karen Gibson, and um, and she tells us uh, her her code name and um, about two you know we we aired the episode and it was a great episode and about two months later she sends us an email and she says that she um, is. Uh, a hiker and she does the hike along the, you know, I don't, it's the, like, I don't know if it's like the Appalachian trail or there's some hike on the East coast that people do from beginning to end. And she's done it for many years and people do it in kind of sprints. And when you're on the hiking trail, you have, uh, you have a hiking name or like a code name. Right. And so when you meet people on the trail, they introduce themselves by their hiking name. And, uh, Two, about two months after her episode aired, she um, she goes on a hike and she's by herself and uh, she stops and she meets a man on the hike and he he said oh you know nice to meet you where are you going and they're exchanging pleasantries and uh, they have these hiking logs along the trail where you you log in and you're like oh I'm at mile one hundred and 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 then you put your hiking name. And so I think they were at one of those stops and he said, uh, well, nice to meet you. My name is, and he give, gives her, her, uh, her, his hiking name. And he asks her, do you have one? And she says, um, no, I don't. And she said, she kind of looked at her, like she looked down at her, um, at her feet and she walked away. Um, and she kind of felt bad cause she was like, man, I've been doing this for a long time and I don't even have a, a name. And she was probably about 30 feet away and she realized that she did. And she turned around and she said, Hey, and the guy turns around and she goes, I do have one. It's Comquat. And Comquat was the name that she used on Iron Butterfly that she that she came up for our show. And she sent us that email to tell us that story. And I can't even tell you how much that meant to to our team. It's fantastic. So uh, today, uh, Gina Haspel is the director of central intelligence. Joe Biden, the president elect, has announced that he wants to nominate Avril Haines to be the director of national intelligence. Do you think we've turned the corner on the issues that are confronting women in the IC to have these very senior leadership positions filled by women and about to be filled by women. Well, of course you could say that, you know, we've turned a corner, but we're never, it's never enough. Right. Um, and I think, you know, personally, and I think a lot of folks would say this as well, it's not, you know, it's not just about, you know, the, the way men treat women in the IC or, you know, the competition there or the, the opportunities allotted for women. 
You know, one of the reasons AWIC was formed was because we wanted the women to create opportunities for other women. And we wanted the women to bring each other along and have the women who are now in these senior leadership roles to create more opportunities and chances and um, roles for other women. And so we always have, we have more to go, more to come. And you'll see, you know, hopefully when my, you know, I don't, unfortunately, I don't have a daughter, but I hope that when my son is in, you know, old enough to work in the IC, that it will be better than it is now, as far as, uh, you know, the opportunities for women. So by the time this interview comes out on Fault Lines, your show, Iron Butterfly, will have had more than 7,000 people uh, hear it uh, across dozens of states in this country and in other countries. Uh, what do you think of this kind of amazing success you've had? You know, it makes me uh, it makes me laugh because really this was a pet project that we, you know, my team and I um, started. We we honest honestly, uh, we are thrilled that one person has listened to this podcast. And when we were told that you know, 7,000 people have listened. It's just mind blowing for us. And um, we are so thrilled. And the feedback we've gotten is just, it means the world and it just excites us for, for the future. So speaking of the future, now that your first season is done, what can we look forward to in season two? So we just had a planning session this past weekend, um, socially distant planning session. And, um, oh man, season two is going to be really great. Um, we have, we're going to have two kind of special edition episodes. Um, we are hoping to have, uh, a mantle, uh, on one of them. <laughs> can, you, can you say what a mantle is, please? A mantle is, uh, we will have an all male episode. Um, I mean, I'll be on it, but we'll have uh, our our guests will be all men. Um, we have I'm not going to tell you who they are, uh, but we have some really good ideas. We also have another special episode where we're going to partner. Um, I don't know if I can officially tell you with who yet, um, but we're going to partner with another organization um, that is just doing really amazing things for um education and national security. And so that is just going to be, we're in the process of uh, talking about that. So that's going to be amazing. And we're just going to have, you know, the whole idea is to share stories across the IC and all the diverse landscapes, whether that be the different agencies, the different types of jobs in this, uh, the IC, you know, the diversity uh, ethnically in the IC, you know, we want to, we want to bring you the stories of everyone. And so you're going to definitely get that in the second season as well. Megan, this has been fantastic. Thank you for uh, joining us on Fault Lines this week. Well, thanks for inviting me. This was fun, Les. It was uh, good to speak with you. That's a wrap. As always, Fault Lines is produced by the National Security Institute. Find out more about the Institute and upcoming events at nationalsecurity.gmu.edu. If you have any topics you'd like us to cover in the future, send us an email at nsi.gmu.edu or tweet us at MasonNatSec. 
If you like what we're doing here, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe so that more people can find our show. We'd like to thank Claude Jennings for engineering and Lester Munson for hosting. And Grant Haver for being our producer, director, and ombudsman. Join us next week for another provocative conversation and further analysis of national security's fault lines. Thank you.